Welcome to the Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the resurrection of our Lord for the week of April 12th, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited that we have entered the Easter season. What a great time. What an awesome time to be entering into the Easter season, this time of excitement, this time of us recognizing the power of our Lord and what the whole purpose of what this whole thing was all about. But I have to admit, I think all of us are feeling this weird sensation this year of separation, this weird sensation of, is this really the resurrection with us be all being apart? And as I kind of mentioned last week, and we'll dig into a little bit more next week, In a way, I feel like this is also more realistic. When we look at the text that we have, especially in Matthew's gospel, the disciples weren't there. There's this fear that is within these texts that I don't think we typically get. And I think that's a positive thing to have this year. I think it's a great thing for us to recognize and to understand that There was a lot of uncertainty that happened with this. And I think as we are working and trying to figure out how all of this works, I think uncertainty is an okay feeling to have. I think it's a good thing for us to understand that there was uncertainty going on with Christ's death and resurrection, just as there's a lot of uncertainty of what's going on in our lives today. And if we reflect further on our lives, there's a lot of times in our lives that there's a lot of uncertainty. We are people that have ideas and have things come up that cause a lot of uncertainty in our lives. And it's one of the things that we just say, well, that's just part of life. And I would argue that that's also just part of faith, that there's sometimes where we're uncertain and that's okay. And I think that's something that maybe we don't spend enough time grappling with. And I think as we are in this Easter season this time, with the amount of uncertainty that's happening around the world and affecting all of us at this time, I think that's a point we should embrace. I think it's a point we should reflect upon and remember that as we are reading and looking at these texts this week, that there is a lot of uncertainty that is going on here that really adds to the story. But before we get ahead of ourselves and jump into this week's text, we have to look back at last week's Twitter question. And last week's Twitter question was, as we are closing out Lent, where are we listening And who are we listening to? There's a lot of answers that we can have with that. We all hope and pray that God is part of that. And that's part of what I would say part of this podcast base and foundation is having God as part of that. But I also think that there's also this time that we're in at this moment that we are reflecting and slowing down and thinking about that a little bit. I know for me, and it's been one of the things I've been trying to grapple with, is how much COVID do we put into this podcast? But it's been one of the things that I've been really thinking about myself is where and how much of COVID news do I let myself in and being very selective on the sources that I'm using and trying to 
be particular on where I'm getting those. And that's been helpful. But I think also as we reflect on that, I think we have started to see somewhat within the culture as we are going through this right now, people understanding that maybe we haven't been letting in enough friends and family or significant people in our lives and trying to connect with them a little bit more to be able to come closer together. And that's been something that's been really optimistic to me. And as we are closing out Lent in this time of reflection and moving into this time of Easter and celebration, but yet our world doesn't feel like we're quite ready for it yet. I hope it's just something that we don't forget quickly and that it's okay to be grappling with and dealing with and trying to understand and embrace thinking about where are we getting our news, who's important, what are we listening to, and to do that, it's often this process of slowing down and self-reflection. So let's jump right into it. There are two possible gospel texts this week. So the gospel text that is initially scheduled is out of Matthew 28 verses 1 through 10. So in this take of the resurrection, we have Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, which if you are reading through Matthew's text, the only other Mary that is brought up is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we'll get into that a little bit more, but it's a very interesting kind of disassociation with the traditional nuclear family to this family of Jesus and his disciples, if you follow through Matthew's gospel. It's quite interesting. They go to the tomb after an earthquake. The angel alarms them, saying that he is not there to go and tell the disciples that he has been raised from the dead. As they are going to tell the disciples, Jesus greets them, welcomes them, and they fall down and grab his feet. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, there they will see me. And so this idea of the women actually being the first people to see, recognize, spend time with Jesus, which is always significant when women are brought up because they weren't the typically brought up much in scripture and weren't looked as highly, sadly, in society. So having women discovering Jesus, we'll get into that a little bit more but there is some definite significance there. The alternative gospel is out of the gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. And again, we have Mary Magdalene coming to the tomb, finding that there's no one there. You have Simon Peter and another disciple running to the tomb. Again, not finding Jesus there and running back. And Mary then ends up talking with who she assumes to be the gardener as she is sad that that Jesus has been taken from her. Jesus kind of continues to, why are you weeping? And calls her out by name. And she then recognizes him. And again, it's this go and tell the disciples. And again, using a woman to go and alarm the disciples that this has happened. Simon Peter had fallen the tomb empty, but did not see Christ. Again, it's the women that are finding Christ first. The first reading atypically is out of the New Testament this week, out of the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. This is Peter kind of talking to the crowd, 
just reminding us and giving this this quick summary of Christ's life and what this was all for, that he was raised for the dead and that we then should be witnesses of that. The psalm this week is Psalm 118 verses 1 and 2 and 14 through 24. And again, it's this praise psalm as you would expect on Resurrection Day or Easter Sunday that the Lord has delivered, has overcame death, has pushed through, and it's that the love of Christ has been seen in us, for us, and let us rejoice in this. The second reading is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and I'm just going to read this since it's a short little reading. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is in your life, is revealed, then you will be revealed with him in glory. So this idea of that Christ should be seen in us because we are believers, because that death was not just of the physical body of Christ at that moment. His death and resurrection is also our resurrection too, and that then our faith should be transformed by that. Before we get into how this ties into faith and science, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Bearing Waves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, it's this great resource to have Sermon Bearing Waves podcast, having four seminary professors talking on a weekly basis about these readings. I'd highly recommend that, along with multiple commentaries for multiple different years by multiple different people talking about this stuff, plus additional discussions. So many resources from so many better biblical scholars than myself. And since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to be able to bring you this podcast. So if you have not checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Again, my sandwich plug for number two is if you haven't checked out God Friended Me, I'd highly recommend it. It's this great show of trying to show how God works within people whether we know it or not in a modern day context. And so if you haven't checked out CBS God Friended Me, which is on Sunday nights here in the States, I'd highly recommend it. And it's worth taking a watch. We have the significance in both these Gospels of women finding Jesus first after the resurrection. And I think this is especially prominent in Matthew's text, because if you go through the crucifixion, Mary Magdalene and Mary, his mother, are there through the whole thing. They are watching him be crucified. They are watch him get taken down from the cross. They watch him be buried in the tomb. And so yet, here they are going to the tomb. The disciples haven't been seen The whole 27th chapter, there is no mention of the disciples. The last mention of the disciples is at the end of chapter 26 in Matthew. They are gone. 
And yet here we have the women going through all this, the pain that that must have been to see Jesus first. And again, we're seeing even here in John's gospel, Mary Magdalene is the one who is at the tomb first. And then she goes and meets Simon Peter and the other disciple who then have to go and see for themselves and don't see anything and run back. And so Mary is weeping outside the tomb. And again, it's Christ, it's Jesus coming to her first. This woman who obviously is going through the pain in a different way. You're probably asking at this point, Tyler, how does this tie to faith and science? And I'm about to blow up a fairly big myth, at least here in the upper Midwest and probably the upper United States. And that is the American robin is a bird that can be found in Minnesota year round. It's one of the things that I actually find really interesting is how many people say, I saw my first robin today of what? The first robin of March? Like, congratulations, they're around. Robins are a bird that will stick around. Now, granted, not in the numbers that we typically see here in the summer, but they will stick around as long as there is a food source and a water source. It's not uncommon that I have, in multiple different bird counts in both Minnesota and Wisconsin, found a robin for Christmas bird counts. It's not that uncommon. It also means that, one, we're typically not looking for them, and they're a little bit harder to find, but also the greater number of them will fly south. So how does this relate to this text? For so many people... Robins or having birds come back is an indication that the season is turning up here. After a long winter, there is nothing more encouraging than seeing birds come back, and especially that you start hearing their testosterone-filled songs of them starting to try to attract mates, to try to set up territories. Now, whether or not they'll be successful in those territories is other discussions we've had for other times, but I think it actually relates decently well to this text. When we look at the women who have found Jesus, they have gone through the hardship. They didn't run. They were there the whole time, especially when we look at Matthew's text, they were there through the whole process. And even when you look at John's text, Mary Magdalene finds this, finds the tomb is empty, that the stone has been moved, goes and tells the disciples. They run there. She obviously went back. They fled. They went and hid to tell the other disciple she stayed. There is a different process of what these women are going through. And it's Christ coming to them first. And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about, especially when we have Peter cocking an axe about what this all meant and us being an example, which we also see in Colossians and the love that's poured out. And we think about all of this stuff, but we don't spend enough time, I would argue, on what these women went through. 
And I would argue there is a story here that we are often overlooking. It's a story of staying and really hanging in there with Christ. His disciples are worried about being guilty by association, so they flee. They're gone. They're not there. Meanwhile, you have the women who are sitting there and watching this whole thing, carrying out hope that Christ is going to do what he said he was going to do, and or not believing what they're seeing, but yet have to continue to see it. And even when he's dead and put in a tomb, here they are coming back to check on the gravesite, to make sure things are okay, still not in probably full belief of what is going on, or that this is part of their mourning, lamenting process, that we still need to continue to go and be with him, clinging and holding out some type of thread of hope. And that's when Christ enters in. We have Robins who, for whatever reason, think they're tough guys or whatnot, will stick around. And there's occasionally other birds that will be up here during the summer also. They'll stick around. But a Robin's a very easy one to go and find. It's not nearly in the numbers of what most of them are. And it may or may not lead to breeding success. There's a lot of risk factors, and we can get into that another time. But there's also this thread of hope that this bird is holding out on is that there's enough food here. There is water. I should be okay. I don't need to go. I can do this. I can make it through this. As I was going through this this time, I wondered to myself, how often do we flee in a way giving up hope prematurely? His disciples, his closest friends were scared, worried, and they had, you know, granted the hindsight bias from our side, they had all the information there, and they still flee. But yet you have these women clinging on to hope, clinging on to this, we will get through this, things, there's something more here. He can't be gone. He said he was coming back. There's something else here. I need to go and at least see him again. They're clinging on to some bead of hope, just like that robin who hangs around all winter long saying, I have food, I have water, and I will get through this. This is the ultimate story of hope. These women just didn't roll over. They didn't give up. The robin doesn't just say, oh, I guess I'm halfway through the winter and it's too difficult. I got to fly. No, they hung through there. They get through it. They grit their teeth, if you want to put it that way. Here they're clinging on to and grasping whatever pinch of hope they have left. And when Christ comes and meets them, the overwhelming joy, the overwhelming feeling, the overwhelmingness of that they go through that and yet then Christ reveals himself to them first. They didn't give up. They hung in there. Christ then shows his face to them first. Those robins that hang in there, that see the snow start to melt, to see the leaves starting to make buds on the trees, 
and start singing with excitement and then we get excited look our first robin of the season the ones who hung in there who are bringing this message of hope for us now today as we are in the northern part of the u.s thawing out and getting ready for spring to lead to summer as we continue the cycle of the seasons this robin who stuck through it and maybe it's a young robin deciding to cling to the hope cling to it can't be and then gets to welcome in that yes there is new life coming forth again giving us hope in what's all going on in our lives when i think about this text and try pondering it more and more and considering the times in which we're in We know the story in which we've heard this hundreds of times, probably, if not more. But I think for me, as I was reading this, the overwhelming joy that came from hope is just amazing. And I've never seen it this way before. And I don't know if it's because of the times that we're in at this time and place Or is it that I'm just reading it differently this time? I think the Twitter question that I have for you today is where are you clinging on to hope today? Where are you clinging on to hope today? Because I think when we look at this text and absorb what's all going on around us, I think that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for that hope. We're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel that will get through this. And we will get through this at some point. But I think it's also just good to remember in our day-to-day lives long after this pandemic has become old news. There are times when we are walking through life that we don't know what is going on. And I think we have to continue to remember what Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, depending on which gospel you're looking at here, are trying to tell us is to continue to hold on to that hope. Continue to hold out hope that you can get through this. We don't know what they were expecting that day at the tomb. Were they going there purely for healing or were they just going there purely out of hope? But either way, the hope of healing or the hope of Christ's resurrection and he can't be gone is still a sign of hope. And in a world in which we're in today and in a world in general and life in general, hope is what helps keep us moving forward. And faith is a great way to help us keep hope. I know this resurrection Easter Sunday is different than any of ours that probably most of us have ever had. But continue to remember the hope that is still here as we continue to go through these difficult times. We will get through this. We will be okay. We will at some point see the other side of this. Hang in there and be like the Marys. We can continue to hold on to hope. We'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.